You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, episode number 18. I'm going to let you in on a dirty little secret right now. You ready? All right, here it is. I hate taking selfies. Yep, the girl that posts a million selfies on Instagram and Facebook hates taking selfies. It's true, though. I absolutely hate the feeling of being like a 14-year-old girl twirling around the house trying to find the perfect window light while still getting the good side of my face, no weird double chin action, and still trying to look genuinely interested in what I'm doing. I'm also really embarrassed to say that if you looked at my camera roll right now, you would see a bajillion selfies, one after the other after the other. You see what I'm saying? Well, guess what? None of that matters. It simply doesn't matter that I hate taking selfies because in today's super connected world, if you're not comfortable being seen and heard, you are irrelevant. Irrelevant, my friend. I am sorry for this tough love, but especially if you're trying to build a powerful brand for your side gig, you need to be seen and you need to be heard. Now, the reason why I'm telling you all of this is because my guest today is Allison Scholes, Instagram expert and owner of Boss Lady in Sweatpants. And let me tell you, Allison knows a thing or two about the power of a well-lit selfie. But more importantly, Allison knows a ton about how to build an engaged following on Instagram that will actually help you achieve your business goals. In this episode, we'll talk about how to find your audience on Instagram, how to use hashtags correctly, how to use your time productively on Instagram, and you're also going to get the lowdown on why you should go live or not go live on Instagram. So get your selfie sticks, your ring lights, and your photo presets ready because we're about to blast off into Instagram land in search of some side gig ROI. You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, where we truly believe that your side gig has the power to change your life. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, and I'm a small business owner and side gig hustler just like you. I'm so excited to help you redefine what success looks like in today's gig economy. Listen in on honest conversations that I have with the experts and from hardworking side gig entrepreneurs just like you who are killing it with their side hustle. Learn the best strategies, tips, and tricks that have helped others pave their own way and craft their dream side gig. So if you're ready to get started, up your game and do the work, you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Allison, thank you so much for being here today and happy early new year. Oh, happy new year. And thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited. Yes. Thank you so much, Allison. I really admire everything that you're doing on Instagram. I am a huge fan of, of what you're doing and we actually met on Instagram. So that's, that's yeah. another like really cool uh, connection that actually came to fruition. So tell me a little bit more about your background because I actually don't even know uh, why you started your company, Boss Lady in Sweatpants, and how did you become an Instagram expert? <laughs> well, my story starts really a lot like other entrepreneurs. I started in the corporate space. I had a great job 
But deep down, I knew it wasn't for me because honestly, I wanted babies and I wanted to be home with my babies. I originally started with an MLM company about four years ago. And I did what everyone else did, blasted my products all over Facebook and eventually Instagram. The stuff I was doing wasn't working and the MLM company just wasn't fulfilling my creative side. I knew I didn't want to rely on another company's products because even though I was my own boss, those products were not mine. I've also learned you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So about three years ago, I thought of launching a website because that was my like creative roots, thinking it would be a mompreneur lifestyle blog. But the more I continued and the more I dove into Instagram, which I didn't know what I was doing at the time, I really fell in love with the personal branding space and then photography. And that's how my business transformed. I like to consider myself a creator and you are way too kind calling me an Instagram expert. (laughs) Well, I I think you are. I I really, (laughs) yeah, no, I really think you are because the things that you're doing on Instagram are, I, I'm really always looking to you for number one advice on how to strategize, but also I really feel like your strategy is so put together and it's so evident. So I'm sorry to to cut you off there, but I had to just throw that in there. (laughs) Oh no, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. But you know, on Instagram, I just show up and learn and I share what I learned with everyone else. Yeah. I think that's a great philosophy to have because social media is moving at lightning speed, right? So we, we want to be, (laughs) we want to be as, (laughs) uh, humble about the learning process as possible. So, um, I have so many Instagram questions for you, Allison. I want to squeeze them all into today's episode. Um, so bear with me. I got so much to talk about. Uh, but (laughs) why do you think that every side gig entrepreneur should, actively be using Instagram? How do they know their audiences on Instagram? And what are some of the advantages and disadvantages here? Well, let's start with your first question. Should every side gig entrepreneur actively use Instagram? That depends. It depends if your ideal audience is on Instagram and if you like Instagram. Let me break this down. Social media is huge And businesses are almost running their gigs solely on social media. But that doesn't mean you need to be on every platform. So here's my advice. Pick two and get really good at them. Pick one that you really enjoy and you're growing a following. And the other platform should be where your ideal audience is. So the first step have a clear idea of what the typical customer looks like for your business. Ask yourself what your product is and what it does. Who is your product designed for? And what is your audience looking for? You can learn a lot about your target target audience by looking into your competitor's Instagram audience. Mm. See what kind of followers they have and what kind of posts they are publishing. This can give you some you know, some idea of what your Instagram target audience should look like. So I would start there. If you want to know if your ideal audience is on Instagram, go to your competitors, 
yeah. go look at who's following them. That's go a, look who is yeah. engaging with them. That's such a great I point. Mean, I, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and it's okay. You, you feel like you're almost like impeding on their account. You're not. I mean, that's what I do. I go to see what my competitors are. Absolutely. I do it all the time. So when you and, go, uh, they're all doing it. Yeah. So when you go in and search that, so break that down a little bit more. Are you, are you searching the hashtags that they're using? Are you uh, searching like who's following them? What do you exactly search on the, so, the competitor account? So I'm really into stock photography. So I will go to other stock photographers who I'm friends with on Instagram and I will go look at their follow list. And I will see what kind of people are following them. You can kind of get an idea of their age, their demographics, all of that. And then I also look at probably their most recent 10 posts. And I will see who's engaging, who's leaving comments. Check out your competitors and check out who they're engaging with, because that'll give you some insight if that's your kind of ideal audience. That's a great tip. Yes. The second thing you want to do is you you know, the existing demographic insights you can get from your Instagram analytics can tell you a lot about your Instagram target audience. So in your account, you're going to go to your settings and there's a section called insights. And there's underneath that section, you're going to go to audience. And here you can see some vital statistics about your existing followers, including their age range, gender, and location. So that is the second part you want to do. And then thirdly, and this is what you're always going to continue to do, is make the most of Instagram story polls to ask relevant questions that will help you understand your audience better and improve your Instagram targeting. If you're going to research your audience, why not ask them directly? And Instagram stories is a great place to ask them directly. So what you can do, you can ask them what type of content they prefer and what they expect from you. Or you could create polls to narrow down on the specifics of their likes and dislikes, their interests and hobbies, their shopping behavior. So for example, we're both podcasters. So now that we're into the podcasting world and my audience is listening, now I'm really gonna narrow down my audience by asking, by using polls on Instagram stories, I might ask, do you prefer solo shows or do you prefer interviews? That way I'm always keeping in touch with my ideal audience and I'm delivering content that they want. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's so key. You hit on a couple of really key points there. I think it is really important to not only cultivate that personal relationship with the listener, and I think Instagram stories is a really, uh, I would say, easy pretty easy way Mm -hmm. to get that snapshot that you're looking for. So I think that's, that's definitely uh, a no brainer. And also too, when you had mentioned about looking at your insights on your account, do you need to have a business account for Instagram? Like I know there's a personal account and then there's a business account. Do you have to have your, uh, your Instagram business account in order to see those insights? Cause I actually don't even have a personal one. I, both of mine are business. If you are going to post about your business on Instagram, you should have a business account. Right. Think about what's your intent. Is your intent just to hang out on Instagram or is your, are you going in with the CEO mindset? If you're going in Instagram to build your business, you should absolutely have 
a business account. That's a great, yeah, that's a great point because I think a lot of people, they'll say like, oh, I have a really strong following on my personal account and how do I get all those Mm -hmm. people to migrate over to a business account? What would you say to someone in that situation? Like I have thousands of followers on my Instagram where I'm posting about dogs and my family, uh, you know, like more of that, like not uh, being strategic about posting just any mm-hmm. any time I feel like it. What would you say to that, that kind of person? Um, for that person, if they have two separate accounts, they have a personal account and they have a business account. If they're keeping it completely separate, then you can have both accounts. If your personal account is simply personal and you don't really care about the engagement and you don't care about the followers and you're just there to kind of have a good time and you're just that Instagrammer and you're, fo- you know, falling down that rabbit hole and yeah. talking about what other people are doing, <laughs> yeah. then keep it personal. Um, but, you know, if you have two accounts and one's business and one's personal, but you're kind of doing the the same thing on both accounts, I think that's a waste of your time. Almost every podcast episode that I've listened to about social media marketing somehow or another always incorporates the theme of content and consistency. Like you got to have the quality content. You need to teach something new. You need to inspire. You need to provide value. And you got to show up every day, like you had said earlier, being consistent. So why is it so important to show up consistently on Instagram with quality content? Consistency simply shows you're committed. You care about your audience and you care about your business. Seeing someone show up daily on Instagram versus, you know, versus someone who shows up sporadically, who would you hire? Mm. Think of a brick and mortar business. You'll shop with a company that opens their doors consistently. Showing up on a regular basis shows you are reliable. Now, content, guess what? There's someone else out there that does what you do. How are (laughs) you different? Yes. Right? Yes. There's exactly someone out there that does what you do. So great content will keep people coming back to you. So for myself, content must fall into one of three categories because people get really hung up on content And they just think they have to push their products and their services and blast it out there. No, you don't. For myself, content needs to fall into one of three categories. It should be either relatable to your ideal audience, educate your ideal audience, or entertain them. I think people forget that Instagram is a social media platform. So don't forget about the first word, social. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right? Yes. So if you create content that falls into these three categories, then you will attract the right people to you. And that's what you want. You want the connections first. And I think you almost need to take a step back Look at Instagram and look how you're approaching the platform. If you're approaching the platform to all I want to do is make a sale, all I want to do is sell my products, guess what? You're not going to sell a dang thing. But if you approach the platform with who can I help, who can I serve, who can I meet, and who can I learn from, you are going to have Instagram success. I've 
hopefully have done an okay job at, at serving up quality content that entertains, inspires and all that jazz. But I, before, when I was posting before, it was like, oh, there's so much pressure. Each post has to be so good. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said about just showing up and, and what you'd said about, you know, you want to do business with somebody that has their, their doors open, somebody who you know that you can rely on. So I, I think in the, in the digital world, that's like the new, uh, open sign, right? Like if you're showing up every day in people's feeds, like, Hey, open for business, but I'm proving it to you with my actions and not just, eh, I'm going to post when I feel like. So I want to talk about, um, this next statement right here, which is social media marketing can be a huge time drain. And I know for me, I have to be really intentional about how I'm spending my time inside the app because if I'm not careful, I end up scrolling other people's feeds and stories and pretty soon I've wasted an hour on nothing and I'm not being productive. <laughs> and I'm not like, you know, looking in my niche, like we've all been there. So it's frustrating because I know at that point, like the ROI is like a big old zero and I, and I know I need to show up for my audience. Like we were just talking about. So what are your best tips, your best strategies for avoiding distractions when you're inside the app, you're posting your own content and you're commenting on posts and you're answering questions. Like how can we avoid the endless scroll? First and foremost, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. It's, so easy. <laughs> I, I know that feeling when you look up from your phone, you're like, Oh my gosh, 45 minutes have gone by. What am yeah. I doing? Like, yep. Yes. Yes. I've been there. My advice, plan your content way ahead of time. I actually plan my entire months of Instagram posts in about a day. And then what I do, I do my best to follow what's called the 10, 10, 10 rule. That's 10 minutes of my daily post and going through my newsfeed to leave comments. Then I spend 10 minutes in hashtag hubs where I think my ideal audience is hanging out and I leave comments on those posts. And then I spend 10 minutes in my stories. And here's the thing. Remember, Instagram is just an app. It's not the holy grail to your business. It's a platform to build your brand and make connections. The ultimate goal is to get people off Instagram and onto your website or on your email. So I wouldn't, yeah, I think people are so wrapped up into, I need to be on Instagram all the time to grow my business. No, you don't. I only spend about 30 minutes a day and that's it. That's amazing. And it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, It's hard to teach yourself that. It is. I love, I love the tent, like really segmenting the time and being really clear and specific on I'm spending 10 minutes on this. I need to do this because again, I, I am wasting so much time and it just it, it annoys me <laughs> so bad. so I well, really need to deploy trick. that yeah go ahead yeah yes another trick too is um I think social media can kind of all aspects of social media can kind of take over our lives so I went in my phone almost six months ago and I turned off every notification on my phone except for text messages and my ringtone Yes. I get zero notifications, nothing from Facebook, nothing from Messenger, nothing from Instagram, nothing from LinkedIn, nothing from Pinterest. I don't need to get the notifications when I'm doing homework with my son 
and then grab my phone and see that, you know, so-and-so liked my picture. Big deal. Like, is that certain, you know, is it serving my business? And secondly, is it serving your life? No, absolutely not. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't the whole point of our side gig or our business is to give us more time freedom? Yeah. To be with our loved ones? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the more that we can kind of unplug in that way, and again, going back to your point of being really intentional, um, I need to do a better job of that. So I wanted to move on to going live on Instagram. Do I really need to go live on Instagram? Why do I need to go live? What are the benefits of going live? Because I have failed miserably (laughs) going live. I think the couple of times that I've done it, there's maybe the one person watching it. And I'm like, well, this is lame. <laughs> like, do I really need to be doing Instagram live? What are the benefits? I'm kind of glad you asked me this question because I just recently recorded an episode for my show about my biggest takeaway from 2019. And it's quieting the noise. Here's the thing. There is so much going on in the social media world. That doesn't mean you have to do it all. I don't go live and I rarely post a video to my IGTV. We need to remember we're human. We can only do so much in a day. My advice, until you're consistent posting daily and utilizing hashtags and commenting, I wouldn't stress about going live or IGTV. I would first Build your brand on Instagram consistently for 90 days, if not more. Build your audience. Engage with them. After 90 days, then you could start creating weekly live sessions, like, you know, sessions that teach on a topic, like a two-minute tip. But you're going to have to do it at the same time, same day every week, because at that point, your audience will be expecting it. Commit to what you can do consistently. Because it's funny that you say this. I fell into the same thing where I felt that I needed to go live once a week and I needed to do an IGTV video once a week. It got to the point that it was stressing me out. And I finally asked myself the question, do I even like doing this? Am I doing Mm. it at the best of my abilities? Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. And I wasn't serving my audience. They're not expecting that from me. And I also think, too, you got to think of your ideal audience. My ideal audience is mompreneurs. So most likely, they don't have time to sit down and watch a live video or a long IGTV. Mm. My audience is on the go. So my audience is going to be more audio. And yeah. I think that's why I launched a podcast, because I want to serve my audience how they need me. Yeah, I think you need to keep that in mind, too. I yeah, that's such a that's such a smart way to frame it, because when we bring it back to who are we talking to, who is our audience, who is our side gig customer, who is our side gig end user customer, when you frame it, bring it back to that, then it'll give you your answer. 
your answer is going to be black mm-hmm. and white. It's going to be like, yes, you should be or right. no, you shouldn't be. Um, right. So I love how you can kind of cut through, like you said, cut through the noise and just get to that that clarity right away. So that was a really good response, Allison. I love it. That's why you're on the show today. <laughs> it, it an honest response. <laughs> no, I love it. See, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I, you know, a lot of times when I'm listening, as I said in the beginning, I've listened to these podcasts about social media marketing they're like, do all of the things, do them all the time and be consistent and, and have it be quality. I'm like, all right, well, I don't have a team of 10 people that are helping me create content. Like I still have a full-time job. <laughs> like, like it's so crazy. So anyway, um, love that answer. Now I want to get into uh, a podcast. Speaking of your podcast and everybody should immediately after this episode, go and subscribe <laughs> and listen to Allison's podcast, which is called Social Media for Mompreneurs. Um, I want to talk specifically about episode number 20, where you talk about Instagram finally getting rid of likes. So what does this mean? How do we adjust our Instagram strategy? Is the sky falling? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of controversy <laughs> around uh, the likes going away. So what's your take here? It's simple, really. You you should care more about your content reach and engagement rather than how many likes your post received. Do you really need to know how many people liked your selfie? Like people confuse the number of likes with success rate. Your like count has nothing to do with the success of your business. And a prime example of this, think about it. Instagram stories doesn't have any public metrics. Like if I went to your Instagram stories today, I cannot see how many people viewed or liked or commented. Yet they have exploded in popularity for all users, including brands and influencers. So what's really happening, because people think likes are just completely going away. They're not. Likes are being hidden from your audience. So you'll still be able to see how many people liked your post. It's just like a few extra steps. It's going to be more a part of your analytics. But your followers are not going to see how many people liked your post because people are getting too wrapped up in the popularity metrics Mm, where, you know, you get all these random people who liked your photo But if you think about it, and we're all guilty of this, how many times have you scrolled through Instagram and you're like, oh, that's a cool picture, double click, you know, double tap, and you scroll on. You have no idea who the person is. You have no idea what their message was, yet you liked it. There's no connection there. That's so true. Oh, so true. So when the likes go away, people are going to be more forced, which is a good thing, to engage with you. They're going to decide, I really like this person. This person said something that resonated with me. They've educated me. They encourage me. I'm going to make sure I leave a comment rather than just the double tap and move on. Yeah. So at first it's going to be an adjustment period, but it's going to be a great thing because I think your connection level is just going to go deeper. And that's what you want on the platform. Yeah, you want the engagement. You want someone to, as you said, the whole point of building a strong brand on Instagram is to take that person somewhere else. 
you know you you cultivate them on because all social media is rented property you don't own the your i mean you do own your account but you're renting that real estate you need to move them over to the spot Mm -hmm. where you actually own the land that you own the real estate i want to talk about hashtags this is uh i think one of the biggest mistakes that i'm making on my account as i'm kind of listening to our conversation here i'm using them wrong i know that i am like i don't have a strategy with hashtags i've kind of just pulled ones that I've seen uh, other kind of other podcasters or other I guess you could say competitors in the field what they're using so I just like ah let me throw them in a google doc so I can easily copy and paste so how do I find relevant hashtags for my niche that people will actually search this could almost be its own show okay (laughs) all right maybe my best to break it down in easy consumable chunks okay perfect but you're right hash hashtags are like its own form of social media i mean we can almost say it's instagram plus it's hashtags right yeah (laughs) it's so confusing right okay so if you're not sure what hashtags to use you mentioned you look at your competitors and honestly that is a great way to start there's nothing wrong to go within your niche, like you can look at other podcasters and look at what kind of hashtags they're using. I think that's totally fine, and I've done it too. Hashtags are really just a simple way to defining your text and to make your post searchable. So think of hashtags as a search engine for Instagram. That's basically all it is. It's just another search engine. So When you are generating a list of hashtags, and I'll tell you right now, if you see someone out there on Pinterest saying, here are the 50 top hashtags you should be using, don't bother, because it's probably the hashtags that's working for them. It doesn't mean they're going to work for you or for your audience. So I always like to start with tip number one is generate a mix hashtags. And the reason why you want to mix your hashtags is it increases your chance of being discoverable. So I have some niche or industry terms like social media, mompreneur, or lifestyle photographer. So I will think of niche slash industry terms. Then I will think of location or geographic hashtags. So I'll take a photographer, for instance, let's say a wedding photographer that shoots weddings on the side on weekends. Let's say this photographer should start using hashtags that are in the general location, uh, like Chicago or Chicago suburbs. And then you should also start using hashtags of places where you actually shot the wedding pictures at. So you want to use location and geographic hashtags. And then you also want to think of searchable terms, like what would your target audience search for? You almost want to get in the heads of your your target audience and what would they type when they go to the magnifying glass in Instagram and they want to search for something, what would they put in there? So my audience, they might put in social media help or mompreneurs, um, I'm trying to, you know, busy mom life, 
you know, or mom, you know, mama life or yeah. whatever, anything <laughs> that deals with like moms and crazy life. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I might start searching those. And when I search hashtags, I make sure when I click on the hashtag, I will look to see the size of it. And a rule of thumb, if it's like super, super high, like beyond three to 500,000, I trash it because that means it's so popular that, you know, you're, we're talking tens to thousands of people are using it on a daily basis. My post is just going to get so buried in that hashtag hub. So I would never get discovered. Mm. I don't want to use a super popular hashtag. So what's the you know, thr- like girl boss? Yeah. What's the, what's the, um, the threshold there? Like if you see a hashtag and ugh, I'm probably doing this wrong again, side hustle, for example, I know that's probably okay. got to be in the millions, right? I wouldn't even use it. So don't even use it. Oh man. No, oh, no. All right. Because you know what? It's so, so it's yeah. You're not going to stand out. No, you're not because you're going to be so buried in the feed. Yeah, that makes unless so much sense. You are such a, unless you're such a well-established influencer, mm. you know, like your top influencers who have like a, you know, 500,000 followers or your celebrities that have over a million and they post something. When you click on a hashtag hub, you actually have two sections. You have the top and you have the recent the top ones are the most popular posts that have generated the most engagement and reach. So the, that's where you're going to see all your celebrities and your influencers. But if you go to recent, it's all going to be chronological. Well, if tens and thousands of people are using that popular hashtag that day, you are already buried to the bottom. And think uh, about it. Wow. Most people will only search the hubs. I would say for every 12 to 20 posts, because that's what I do. I go to the recent and I'll scroll just a little bit to look at the most recent 12 to 20 posts. And I'll find a couple that I like that I resonate with, or I think they're my ideal audience. And then I'll comment on those. I am not scrolling to the bottom at all. Who has the time for that? Yeah, that's so so true. I would aim true. I would aim my average size hashtags are anywhere between 50,000 to 300,000. If you stay in that range, your chances of being discovered are a lot higher. Is this going to add rocket fuel to the to the engine here? And is it going to kind of uh, cultivate what you're what you're planting? It's going to help your reach. It's going to help you get discovered because people actually are searching hashtags. And remember, if you have a business account, you can actually go to your insights and click on a post and it'll tell you your reach within Mm, just your organic posts and then your hashtags. So that'll give you an idea too, based on those analytics, what hashtags are working. And here's another tip too. People will come up with like a master list of 30 hashtags and they'll use those day after day. The problem with that is you're just using the same old hashtags. Your chances of being discovered amongst different audiences is not there. So for myself, what I do, and this takes time, there's no way you're going to generate a hashtag list in a day. And, and the platform's always changing. So, you know, choosing hashtags is a constant test and there's no perfect list. But what I do is I think of all my Instagram posts. I actually come up with Instagram categories like mom life, podcasting, photography, 
branding. So within those categories, I put in different hashtags in those categories. So a hashtag that I use today on my Instagram post, tomorrow, most likely I'm going to have a different list of hashtags because your hashtags needs to relate to the content and or your picture. Oh, so good. If it doesn't relate at all. Yeah. If it doesn't relate at all, someone could report you and then, you know, you're going to get spammed or tagged by Instagram and you don't want your account to be put on hold because you're using what they call inappropriate hashtags. That'd be like me posting about photography, you know, this and that, but I use the hashtag Kim Kardashian just in hopes to get discovered. Kim Kardashian has nothing to do with my life, my business (laughs) or my picture. Yeah. So why would I use it? Mm. Like people try to get tricky. Like, well, I want to get discovered. I want to get popular. So I'm going to use Kim Kardashian or whatever. Ah, or yeah. Hashtag Jennifer Makes Aniston. Sense. Like, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so smart. I think, um, wow. I think we maybe even need to do a whole other episode about hashtags because just in everything you just said now, I'm like, wow, I need to revise basically everything that I'm doing with hashtags. So, uh, and honestly, yeah. I revise my hashtags every three months. Yeah. Because I need to do it. Ever changing. Mm-hmm. The hub sizes are changing and you never know you, you want to make sure you don't want to establish a list and never look at it again, because as months go by the content that is within those hashtag hubs may change. Yeah. And you may not want to be associated with, I've had to take down um, some hashtags because I went back to it like three months later and I went, whoa, this stuff is getting a little inappropriate. This has nothing to do with, with what I'm doing. Life. It like totally yeah. took a turn. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Right, right, right. Okay. This is, yeah, this <laughs> is all really valuable insights because I think uh, as much as I want to automate things and come up with systems and one of the systems or automated pieces of posting on Instagram for me was saying, okay, I have a list and I'm just going to, uh, you know, tag every single post like this, but now I know that is not a good strategy. And now I need to rethink my hashtag strategy. But I think the first thing you want to do is you want to generate, um, hashtag categories. So mm. what do you mainly talk about on Instagram? You talk about your podcast. Yep. You talk about side your gigs. Yep side gigs, you know, all of that. So have maybe four to five categories and it's okay if some hashtags cross over because mm-hmm. absolutely they're going to relate to one category and they will relate to another category, but generate maybe I would say a good rule of thumb for myself is I do 25 within each category. Cause I like to leave like three to five, um, empty slots for just on the fly. So if I were to post a picture about my lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, mom life, but I had a picture of me holding coffee, I'm certainly going to want to add a hashtag that deal with my picture. Like I might hashtag mom fuel or hashtag coffee strong or hashtag coffee first, mm. because now I'm opening myself up to the coffee audience. And I can guarantee there's a lot of mompreneurs yes. drinking coffee. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, that, no, that makes it crystal clear. The Side Gig Central podcast is powered by Drive It Away, the only rental car company built around rideshare drivers so that you can rent to own your vehicle. Visit driveitaway.com for more details. 
I thank you for all of that knowledge and, and tips there because I was just so confused on how to actually make it work for my account. So it's good. I, I might ping you in uh, the next uh, year uh, to do a hashtag overview or a hashtag haul or something. <laughs> actually, ever since we connected a couple of, uh, actually more than a few weeks ago, I've been wanting for you to uh, selfishly <laughs> look at my, my uh, feed and critique it um, on my Instagram. Instagram account, which is Side Gig Central Podcast for anybody who is not following and who does listen. So, <laughs> so Allison, uh, if you would um, give me your honest opinion, just break it down for me. What could I be doing better? What are some of the things that I need to improve? Just give it to me straight. Okay. Well, you are so sweet. Um, I'm no way a master of Instagram, but I did take a peek at your account. And you're not going to like my answer because I love your feed. Oh, no. Why? why. (laughs) I love it. Um, And and let me tell you why. It shows you. I know what you do. And I know who you help. You are the face of your brand. And that's key to growing on Instagram. And, you know, I want to say, do you have under 100 posts? Like, I, I don't even think you have yeah, I have under, more than 100 yet. Yeah, I have under 100 posts, and I need to be – my goal is to get to posting twice a day, but I'm not at that level yet. I am just super focused on posting daily. That's it. Well, I can tell you right now that is a perfect strategy. And for being only under 100 posts, you are already killing it on Instagram, and I'll tell you why. When people first start out on Instagram – They think that they are going to get this massive following quickly, and then they give up on the platform. Instagram is different. Instagram slowly builds over and over and over. Mm. It takes a good, like, six months to a year to get a big following. I don't even have a massive following. So don't stress about how many followers you want to get. You want to focus on who you have now and go deep with them. Give them the content and just nurture who's following now. And I think a lot of people get so wrapped up into, well, I don't know how to stay consistent on Instagram because I don't know what to post. I don't, they get stuck on content. Yeah. So I always give the advice, we talked about hashtag categories, number your paper one through 12, and you're going to want to come up with Instagram categories. So for example, I would say a minimum of six and a max of 12. So for myself, I have categories, mom life, podcast, branding, photography, coffee, I think that was only five. I don't yeah, know why so, I can't think anymore. <laughs> that's okay. But yeah. I, I have my categories set and the categories need to relate to you, your personal brand and your business. I stick to those categories month after month with my content. And that's it. And the reason why you want to do that is because 
when you have your audience and you want to go deep with your audience, they know who you are, they know who you serve, and they know what to expect from you. So I think good. people are so like, I don't know what to post. So they're going to post a picture about, I don't know, something they saw at the mall, like some random thing that has nothing to do with their life, nothing to do with their business. Like, what? You don't want to confuse your audience by putting so much out there. So that's why you want to stick to your category. I know if I see the Starbucks logo, I know what to expect. I know I'm going to have a delicious, Mm -hmm. I don't know, delicious handcrafted drink. And I know what to expect from that recognizable logo. So would it be safe to say that you are, again, it goes back to your personal brand, but would it be safe to say that I am creating that logo where my audience knows, like you'd said, I am coming to this account and it pops up in my feed, even if I'm not going to listen to the episode today, oh, this might be an interesting topic that I want to learn more about. Let me see what Mm -hmm. Elaine is doing. Let me see what Allison's doing. Is that kind of the overarching theme here of of what we're trying to get at? Yes. And I'm so glad you said something about Starbucks and being recognizable. With Starbucks, Starbucks is all about the personal experience. Think about it. There is something about Starbucks compared to Dunkin' Donuts. And I hope to God nobody from corporate on Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) emails me about this. But think about it. When you walk into Starbucks, there's an immediate experience. It's the decor. It's the Mm. feel. It's the vibe. They got the chairs. They got the, Mm -hmm. you know, the leather couches. The, The lighting is down. There's no bright, really bright colors in there. They have music. You walk in and you are in the full experience of Starbucks and it's all about how the customers talk to you. And then they give you the special cup with their branded colors and they have all their amazing flavors. That experience at Starbucks is totally different than at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, they're both coffee. So when you are thinking of your personal brand, it is the experience you give your followers. So that's how you are going to stand out from someone else who does the same thing as you. Anytime you have yourself out there at Instagram, in your stories, in your posts, what you write, have the mindset of what experience am I giving my followers today? Oh, how do so I want good. them to feel? So and good. Go with that on Instagram and you will nail your personal brand. Oh. It's all about the experience. It's not about your logo colors. It's not about your brand fonts. Like that's what your website's for, right? Mm-hmm. But that is a very small part of your personal brand. It's all about the experience and your reputation. I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. like reputation. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yep. How do you, what do you want people to say about you when, you know, you're not in the room? Absolutely. You want people to remember your account. Yes. So give them an experience. Oh, Allison, this is just everything and more I could have hoped for for this episode. (laughs) It's like just dropping one truth bomb after the next. So good. I am. uh, I got to actually hurry up on my questions here because I could talk to you all day about Instagram. But I do (laughs) want to mention I do want to give a shout out to the Boss Lady Insider Instagram membership course that you have, because, yes, I am, in fact, a member. And Allison, I know you're talking about what to post and I don't know what to write. I don't know the content. So 
Allison's course, I have read her ebook. I am actually a, a member of um, of her Boss Lady Insider group, which is awesome. And I use a lot of the the captions and some of those. Um, uh, your stock imagery or stock images are awesome too, uh, but I use the captions as writing prompts. I don't necessarily use them word for word, but it gives me like a nice jumping off point and it helps me to stay, like we we're talking about the categories, helps me stay within a category and it again, goes a long way with planning. So I thank you for putting that out into the world. It is very helpful. Um, it's saved me a whole bunch of time. Um, so thank you. And if you guys um, are interested, oh, thank you. It, yeah, you're welcome, Allison. No, no worries. I um, will absolutely put it into the show notes so you guys can uh, take a look at it because as I said, I use it and it is amazing so anyway i want to get into the never would i ever segment of the show we only have a couple minutes left fill in the blank when it comes to using instagram for my side gig never would i ever not show up Mm. here's the truth about instagram The only way to grow your side gig and your brand on Instagram, show up. That's it. I love it. Yeah, it's so simple and true, but things. So you got to really plan ahead, right? I mean, have those those set times that you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, plan out what I'm going to do for the week, for the next two weeks, next month. If you're a Instagram ninja like Allison, I could just go on and on about Instagram. It just <laughs> gets me so, because I've been so kind of consumed by it lately because, you know, I, I don't have a huge email list at the moment. Um, and this is the way that I'm reaching out to uh, new people. And I think, um, I think, Absolutely. I think more, more side gig entrepreneurs should be using it it and uh, to not be afraid of it. So hopefully this episode will uh, will help uh, nurture anybody that's that's been a little bit afraid of Instagram or a little bit like, ah, I don't know, and uh, kind of point you in the right direction. So Allison, thank you so much for your time. I am excited for a new year full of uh, correct hashtags and, um, and hopefully another episode with you down the line. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and happy new year, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the Side Gig Central podcast. You can dive into the show notes for this episode and for all past episodes at SideGeekCentral.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you very soon. And by the way, keep up that side hustle because it looks good on you.